One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, I mean, dealing with the pressure paid off today, I think that's the, the, the difference, the, core, the key element for our victory today, um, coping with the pressure that, um, one, with the position we're in, two, the team we're playing away from home, and de- dealing with both of those elements today was was um, us doing it better than the, the opposition and our clinical finishing at the right time um, has put the game to bed. Our defending was superb. Um, and everything was right for us today. Even though we've played an awful lot better than that, uh, the most important thing was the result. And and to actually get three nil was, uh, you know, you know, a massive result from the lads today. A massive performance, and uh, and it gives us a little more hope. Welcome along to the Wise Men's Here podcast. Big Sam there telling us that we have a little bit more hope. And I'm joined by Chris Young and Rory Fallow. No graph tonight, so just the three of us are going to try and break the puck off half an hour because I know Chris has got to get off and, and play football and stuff. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it does more than give us hope, Chris. Definitely. I, it was, as, as we all know, I think it was a make or break time, wasn't it? Um, anything, le- I think even a draw would have left Sunderland with too much to do. But um, getting that three points, the players keeping their bottle, showing their character, I, I think you probably argue makes Sunderland the slight favourites. Amongst the three of the teams down there, considering they've got the game in hand, um, they've got the two-point advantage over Newcastle, and one of the minor bonuses of Saturday was the boost in the goal difference column with a with a six-goal swing. Absolutely. Now you were both at the game, Rory. I just want to ask you. Sometimes when you go into a game and you're getting battered in inverted commas, or you're very much on the back back foot, but the there are different ways, different contexts to that, aren't there? Sometimes you're really getting battered. You know, you've, oh, got, yeah. you've got to stand for a bridge or somewhere and you think it's a matter of time before they score here. Other times you think, I can see us weathering, weathering this storm. How was, how was Saturday? Well, you always feel nervous watching Sunderland anyway, like when, <laughs> whenever the opposition cross the halfway line. But when when you watch the game back... the Yeah, I know at, was, the t- at the time before you're watching the game back. But I know they had that one where House and got was unmarked quite early on for that corner quite quite early on in the game. But they weren't really breaking through one-on-one. And Bacani had a weak header. Their best chance came from a deflection off Eunice Kabul that Manone saved well. And They go in for Sunderland, historically. <laughs> How many own goals have we seen? Yeah, yeah, Brown's normally we, the culprit We were due that. that bit of luck, though, weren't we? Like That was the game yeah. where we've been saying, oh, we're going to have one, where we put the chances away, we keep mm. a clean sheet, the stars are going to align for us. And, and get a penalty. Gareth, yeah, Gareth's it, been saying for a while, we'll have a game where we click, we'll get a penalty and we'll score three or four. All those missing was an opposition sent-off, although we have had a few of them this mm. season, to be fair. Um, I think you always knew that Norwich were going to come out early on yeah. and, and throw the kitchen sink at us. I mean, that's what we saw two years ago when Sunderland folded during... That first half an hour or so, um, there were there were definitely nerves around early on. Kasri was poor as he was throughout the first half. Kirchhoven and Via made a couple of awful giveaways. Both fullbacks looked dicey, um, but the centre half stood firm. And as Rory said, Umbakani never really got into it. And I thought Manoni did well actually. Yeah, he, he, he looked. I know in recent games there's been a few moments where he's looked nervy, but. From from his body language, everything he looked really composed throughout throughout the game. Really, I thought. Do you think Allardyce 
praising him as he did in the week have done him a bit of good. Undoubtedly. We, we spoke about that on here before. He's a very much a confidence player and mm. him saying that he's you know the number one at the end of the well, season. Even, Why even, he prefers even, him to Pantillamon as well, stuff even, like that. Even if you open that out a little bit more, uh, the fact he's, he's, he's you brought Pickford back and then you had all his hype around Pickford mm-hmm. saying he's going to go to the side. Mnone isn't stupid, he's going to be aware of all his hype. He's going yep. to be aware of what the papers are saying, what fans are saying. And even though he played the first couple of games, Allardyce has come out and he's, repli- he's sort of reiterated that, hasn't he? No, he's mm. my number one, he's my number yeah. one. So all of this is having an effect, you would think. He, he is very much a confidence player and he, he's one of those who reads everything the manager says as well. So I, I, it, it won't have done him any harm whatsoever. In Probably quite the, quite the contrary, as Rory suggests. And even if it, long-term... You know, we say yeah, perhaps Pickford starts next season. He just doesn't want to put him in a relegation battle. It's not the time and place to come out and see it, really. Gonna oh forget, yeah, exactly. gonna, gonna forget long term at the moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very yeah. much about until until the end of May, um, beginning of May rather. Um, but yeah, he had a really good game. His shot stop was good. He was he was making some good punches as well. I know mm. he, he maybe flapped at one of them for that flurry of goal line clearances, but at least he's coming to make those. You know, it's better than getting nothing on it at all. Um, and like we said, the centre halves I thought were just excellent. Mm. Um, sorry. No, no. Um, Been here before, of course, Manonia. Um, and and what, what, what's interesting, I, I think, and you look at you know the prayers we've put on this Sunderland side. Certainly since the signings have all journaled mm. since January, how they've inputted, uh, injected a little bit of quality into the side. Now that isn't always enough when you're down in a relegation battle. Newcastle have plenty of good players, but you know. Before Saturday, you know, you question whether they had the stomach for it. What's good is, I think, that we have those players to fall back on in games such as this. Kasri, for example, didn't play very well. We didn't need him to because people like Catamol really stood at the front, didn't they? Yeah, I thought Catamol was it's the best he's played in that, arguably all season, but definitely the best he's played in that more advanced role. That one in the first half where he picks, I think it might have been Johnny House, and he robbed him of the ball and then got onto the end of the cross as well. He was making those runs that he people have been saying the difference between him and Rodwell is Rodwell might be missing some chances but at least he's getting into that, that area Catamol got, was getting into those areas and really pleasing to see great performance from him I, yeah. I, I thought the most significant moment for, for me was Van Anhol got involved in a bit of hand, handbags with wisdom mm. midway through the second half yeah. and Catamol just almost grabbed him by the, by, by the throat almost and said go and stand over there get in your left back start, spot and watch Nathan Redmond and shut up and of course those those uh, Double saves on the line. They the are, way he reacted. Yeah. I mean, on match of the day, I, I think I rewound and watched that about three times. <laughs> it, it was as pleasurable as watching any of the goals. That wasn't it. Just seeing how much a cares so many. He doesn't just cope with the situation. He excels in it. He, he almost needs needs it. He enjoys it. Yeah, perversely, doesn't he? He's, he's been the, the dressing room leader probably for about the last <clears throat> four or five years. I know John O'Shea's had the captain's armband, and he is the model captain who you want to have. Who will go and do the functions, he will speak to the press in it when times are bad. But Catamol, you always feel, is the the, the man who, take, who leads them in the trenches, so to speak. And uh, I think they had this pre, the post-training lunch, sorry, um, two days before the Norwich game, and it was Catamol who basically delivered the message of pull your, pull your fingers out, really. There's no, there's no more time for excuses. So there's no one else to blame. Did he stand up and do a... I don't know I, if you I, stood I up. You, I saw you a little bit in, in the elbow. I don't know how, I was how his like, body language when he delivered this well, speech. Yeah, I know, but you, you kind of like you mentioned it in your piece, but you, it was almost like a teaser. You didn't go... I was wanting yeah. you to, to elaborate a little bit. Like I was like, come on, Chris. Tell us what restaurant they were in. Tell us what he said. Tell us... Did he stand up and beat his chest as he was doing it? Maybe some sort of Churchillian speech, yeah. I'm just told that he basically told him that it was... It was now or never. There was no one else to blame 
for, for the situation they were in, they had to stand up and be counted and do it themselves. There was jobs on the line, and there were for inside and outside the club, um, and they had to do it for the supporters. I think it was a it was a uh, spell it out for, for the rest of the players what this game meant, um, and for all the public sound bites um, last week about oh, it, it's maybe a must not new, must not lose. Mm. Um, I think from what I'm told, all the players all the players were saying in training last week. We've got to win it. We've got I to win it. We've got to win it. Probably, you can understand Allardyce saying that as well yeah. because he because he's trying to ensure it's his insurance policy, isn't it? Yes. Thinking if we do get a yeah. draw, I don't want to have gone on record before the game to say it's not good Definitely. enough yes. because then you've got you never know after that. So that's understandable. Here is Sam on Catmull now. Oh yeah, well, Cats is Cats knows he's done. He's been well. He says I've been here this before and too many times, so he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to make sure. He want to make sure we get out of it again and and. Uh, if we do, then that would be great. But he certainly set an example by how he put himself around the pitch and how he played today. Very good. I'm not sure what Cat does. I think he's been there too many times. I've just said he seems to enjoy it. <laughs> I yeah. think if we if we have, if we if we still up the season and kick on and have a season where we're just sitting like ninth, tenth, eleventh, he'll probably put a transfer request in and say it's <laughs> not good for me. I want to go and play for a side down the bottle. I need to roll my sleeves up for somebody. I can't remember where I heard it or read it, but someone said you can imagine loving playing for like Atletico Madrid at the minute how they're just like in that Barcelona game in yeah. midweek. He, yeah. he, you could, he just relishes that kind of game, doesn't he? He doesn't want us to be like comfortably four 0 up. He wants us to be like hanging on one 0 You do realise Rory Catamol's good enough to play for Atletico Madrid. I didn't say he's good enough. I said he would love. <laughs> To. I mean, I would love to play for Atletico Madrid. That doesn't mean I'm good enough. What about um, Kirchkov then? Do we think that was a foul for the second goal? We was me and Chris were saying this just before. Um, uh, the more I watch it, the more I don't see how it can be a foul. I and think if you slow down, I've started to slow down. Think actually, you know, I'm not sure it is at full speed. I thought it, I can understand. I can give Norwich that one of all of the, the, the things they're complaining about. I think uh, Bassong almost fouls him as well. Mm. He almost sticks, because I think he realised that he's getting past and tries just to do a professional foul, take the button, but I just thought it was dreadful from Bassong and yeah. good from Kirchhoff to rob the ball. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a 50-50 shout from Mariner, but I agree, in real time, I thought Bassong's just had a howler and got caught on the ball, mm. which he had did. He, he was a liability all game, Bassong. That's a real... Losing closer for the end yeah. of the season for yeah. Norwich... He's a massive, massive I'll be honest, um, when, when I heard the team news come in, when I was, I was driving I was driving up to St James and I heard the team news come in, I, I did a little fist pump when I heard that the <laughs> one change for Norwich was, was close on not playing mm. him and Basson coming in and, and so proved. But I mean, that goal, I think it was interesting as well. We'll talk about Barini in, in detail now, but just that goal, first of all, specifically, where he puts the ball in early. I've been screaming at him to do that yeah, for the last yeah. few games. He gets himself in the good positions wide, and I think because he's a forward, he feels like he's got to carry it into the box. Now, as simplistic as it sounds, I don't want to sound like a football and dinosaur, but you get the ball in the box, you've got someone like Jermaine Defoe, yeah, yeah. one in three of those he's, he's going to reach and get yeah. on the end of, you would have thought, even if you don't even look up and you just put it in. In a game like that as well, it's going to be something so simple, really, isn't it? That's going to win you at... As a front two, they work together excellently for the penalty as well, where Barini ran into the space at the back post. That, you know, if Leicester had done a counter attack like that for the, to win the penalty, you'd be sick of hearing about mm. it now. It was a really good counter attack from a Norwich, from a Norwich corner, I think it was. Um, so, and the, the way Defoe got the ball over to him, brings the ball down inside, gets a foul for the penalty, and then he rewards Defoe at the other end 10 minutes later. He struggled mm. to deal with the two of them all game. I thought Norwich, I mean, they should have made more of a. They had three or four counter-attacks in the second half, Sunderland. There's one where Defoe just took it on himself, yeah. where was Barini yeah. Yeah, screaming himself, for yeah. it on the right-hand side of the box. Didn't make much of the deer cut, that one, either. 
didn't it? No. Fingers crossed Defoe was still annoyed that he <laughs> Watmore hadn't played him in sooner. <laughs> I'm having the shot this day. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> well, here's someone Brini. He works very, very hard at his game. He's, he's always first in and last away. And I think we wanted, we wanted a little bit more in, in the final third, and not from a goal point of view, but from uh, an assist point of view. And we got that today. So hopefully keep more of that. He put some really good balls across the box in the first half. But the one, and the key one, was the second one for, for Jermaine Defoe, Super Bowl played in the right area for Jermaine to tap in so you need that quality in the final third to, uh, to present the chances you need to to score and win a game. Well said that man of course Bruni's been there as well so if he can keep this performance up what's interesting now is what happens on the other side because we've acknowledged that Kazri didn't have the best of games whether it was the occasion or what, whether he's just tired and he's played a lot of games it was very important that what more was fit then wasn't it? Yeah, and very was, important because backtrack two weeks ago we might not have had the sort of it was interesting that Watmore said he was on to stretch the game and one thing we've been critical of Sunderland when they're getting to leading positions is sitting far too deep mm. and we haven't had Watmore available at St James's yeah. Park for example at Southampton he yeah. could have been that man that could have made all the difference yeah as good as Kasri is on the ball Watmore can doesn't half like look good at running with the ball with especially Pierce the as well. Especially the opposition are chasing the game. Yeah, the weekend he knocks it so far ahead of him for that chance we were just talking about where mm. he should have played in before. Kazri doesn't run with the ball in that, in that same way. So like you say, for stretching the game, brilliant substitution to make. And as I was saying last week on here, Allardyce, I thought Allardyce would be looking to get Watmore back in as soon as he can. He trusts him, he likes him. As a starter? Possibly not for next week because you wonder if he's fully fit yet. But last half an hour, even even if it's level, because you know you'll graph back for you as well. And what we, and what we had as well, we've had the the situation the last few weeks where we've had a settled looking eleven, mm. which isn't a bad thing. I would rather that than chopping and changing all the time. But really, there's only been you know perhaps Catamol or Rodwell or that doesn't look mm. like much of a debate anymore. That was kind of the only debate we had. Mm. Possibly O'Shea um, versus one of the yeah. defenders, Kabul. That's perhaps gone. I think that that's gone as well. So it's good, I think, um, that there's a little bit of competition now, though, because Kazri's place isn't assured suddenly, and that, that can only help him. And yeah, help I mean, I'd, I'd agree with Ori. I'd, I'd keep Watmore as a sub. I think he's better as a sub at this yeah. stage of his yeah. career. He makes such an impact, and for tiring defenders, he's not. He's a horrible player to mark because he's, he's unorthodox. He just runs. He runs direct at you. I mean, his, his touch isn't as good as a, a Kazri, uh, and his control sometimes lets him down. But he's just got that energy and that directness, which is. In the second half of games, it's 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 tough to contain. Mm-hmm. And the 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 incident where you mentioned Defoe wasn't happy with him, where he didn't pass. I mean, he's acknowledged that, hasn't he? Uh, after the game, he said, "I need to work on when yeah. to release a ball because mm. it's so easy to sit and watch match of the day and watch that and say, there's your pass. You should have done that." Andy Townsend was a master that, wasn't he? Watching a slow motion replay <laughs> and then going there, there, <laughs> yeah, like oh yeah. It's, well, and he was a pro to be honest, but you know, it's easier said than doesn't done, isn't it? But I think sure, like, confidence like yourself, well. coming on a sub is, is going to be better for him. To, yeah, to I mean, got to remember this is his first season as a Premier League player, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, he only made his debut, it was against. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Norwich, wasn't it? In the, yeah. The corresponding game back in August. Um, so it, I, th- I think it'll carry on improving, I think, regardless what division they're in next season. He, he's he's going to be a, a more important figure, I think. Mm-hmm. Anything else regarding... Potential people who who would you perhaps see starting to struggle apart from Kazri could be Envia as well. I'm a big fan of Envia. Thought is there an alternative? Though? He might fancy Larson instead. He's came on and got an assist. And what was he? Looked, what was he like generally? How long did he play Larson? Uh, Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Yeah. Or so. um, he looked really like another one has been on. there and done it. Exactly. There's typical Larson performance really, and then let's say pops up with an assist. Looks a bit of a threat going forward. And he does have that composure, doesn't he? Yeah. And he, he might not be the most creative of players in the world. But he, he can't spot a pass like yeah. that, and he, he is composed when he has bodies around him. That's what I think we like about Larson as well. I was as well as like his work rate. Yeah, but I, I just don't see him dropping him via for a game like Arsenal because oh no, not for that. Arsenal, not now. Where, 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 the, where you get so little of the ball, Unvia is more reliable in possession than Larson. I think that's what it what it comes down to, isn't it? Really? But again, it's a good alternative. Off it the is bench, a very good it? alternative. Like, like, like yeah. what more? You, you probably wouldn't you wouldn't want to change a winning eleven starting mm. eleven no. as well. But it's a better option than Rodwell off the bench. The moment. And do we think the Catamol now not cementing his place in the side then, but cemented that sort of exact position in the side as well? Can we not see an alternative to that coming in at all now? So what because are the alternatives, isn't it? That's, well, the, that's the question. Well, I, 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 ideally, yeah. yeah but, one, I, guess. Um, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm still not convinced that he, he massively fancies Larson. He, he likes Catamol. I think he thinks that that. Um, I mean, losing his place to Robbo was, was the kick up the backside that he needed. Perhaps for Sunderland, um, if you look at all the games the half left, there isn't a West Brom in there, for example, a game where you think well, we're going to have to go and dictate this game no, and make so. something yeah. happen, which is when that question would come to the forefront more. Should Catamol play? Should Rodwell? Should Larson play? If you look at every game, even our home ones, you know, we have Everton, Chelsea, Arsenal, their sides are going to come and try and dictate the player. Any side you go away from home are going to try and dictate the mm. player. Mm. So it's a little bit of a no-brainer if you think of it like that. Yeah, put in that three, context. if you want to call them defensive-minded, which I suppose they are midfielders. <clears throat> it's going to make sense against Arsenal. They're still looking to you know, finish above Spurs, get into that automatic Champions League qualification, not going to go through qualifiers. Um, it will it will make a difference. Like They are going to dictate the play, as you say, and if Catamol can be a bit more dynamic, be a bit more box-to-box, and, and V is capable of that as well. He's, he's got a pass in him. It's could be prob- could cause problems for Arsenal because it's going to be another game where we only see about 35-40% of the ball tops mm. like like we did on, on Saturday 
I mean, it's as I said, as I say, going forward now, it's it's you, men- you mentioned earlier on, Chris, that Catamore gave a speech and he said, you know, it's now or never. And, and let's be honest, if we lost that game, it, we, we were gone. They can't stop there, though, can they? No, 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 no. And I, I thought that was interesting at the uh, full time. There was no mass celebrations from the players in front of that away end, was there? Yeah, I'll, I expect Aldice to come to yeah. the away end as well, which. You know, someone like Poye or whatever, yeah, De would definitely would have. <laughs> yeah. But he did, like, for all this thing that gets said about Allardyce and his ego, he doesn't really, I know we've not had many of them, but he doesn't really milk the victories no. or anything like that, does he? He was, seemed to be straight down the tunnel yeah. after. So I don't, I don't think, no, they can't get carried away from it. I think, as Allardyce said, 38 points is um, still the target, he thinks, is the survival mark. And, eight points from five games when two of those against are against Arsenal and Chelsea isn't easy. Do people think. The way the fixtures in order are relevant because I always guarantee one of these will come out and say the old cliche you have to play every team twice and stuff. But the problem that I have with it is I'm looking at our fixtures and I'm thinking seven points for Sunderland could end up being enough. Issue with that is I have the six points, the two wins as our last two games. So imagine that changes the whole complexion yeah, of it, doesn't yeah, it? True. Because if suddenly Newcastle say Newcastle beat Palace, Newcastle beat Villa, they're, they're well above you, and you're mm. going the last two games playing catch-up, and suddenly those two games yeah. don't look as attractive as it would have been. So the fixture list and the way, they fall, the way these games fall... It's hard to predict it's it relevant, ahead, isn't, isn't it? it? It's, you can only predict it week by week. No one saw it being as open as it mm. is now. Everyone thought this was the weekend where it could be cemented, but now it's again, looks like one from one from three mm. to stay Because you, you, you just... You would wish that Watford and Everton were next, wouldn't you? If you had it your way, you look at those fixture lists yeah. and you say, "Give us those two now." I, th- I, th- I think it'd be interesting. Newcastle's next two fixtures, I think they're they're very that could have a big impact on it. Man City, Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, if they lose those two, then the maximum they can get is thirty-seven with an inferior goal difference. And those two sides are coming into form now. Liverpool yeah. look, and I know people are saying they're going to put their focus on the Europa League, but well, the players they made umpteen changes yesterday and won at, at Bournemouth. Yeah, exactly, I, yeah, I think you'll put. I think Klopp would put in his strongest team for Saturday because Bournemouth hadn't. You'll know Bournemouth hadn't got anything to play for. I think managers True. tend to, when managers are facing teams who've got something up for grabs, they tend to feel they're stronger teams. Um, I'm not throw the game because Benitez is going back or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, like, <laughs> he's surprised. Don't think Klopp will care about that. No, uh, wasn't there a game when Sunderland, when Sunderland won there to stay up and when Bob Paisley was manager and there was, yes. a, champ, there was oh, a bottle of champagne yeah. waiting for the players from the Sunderland support and Bob Paisley at the end we want none of that mind Jürgen <laughs> yeah, if you're listening <laughs> yeah. yeah Jürgen who I know listens to the show there'll be none of that back to Saturday's performance um, can you tell me about Yedlin he looks to be improving th- every week yeah I thought he played really well um, I said initially on Twitter I thought it was his best game for us but and I got reminded of Man United when he dealt with Martial brilliantly, so he perhaps wasn't better than that. But he looked really solid and dependable. Um, was the better of the two fullbacks, definitely mm-hmm. as as well. It's a shame he's not. We talk about what Moss is a shame he's not ours, and we're, and we're talking about another exciting young kid yeah, coming the, back. The right back regardless Rose. of whether Yed- Yedlin's going to get a game for Spurs next season, you would suggest possibly not with their two right backs both yeah. featuring in England squads this season. But he isn't going to be cheap, and I'm not sure that Allardyce. Depending on what division we're in, if we stay up, this, this has been a part of the problem before with recruitment. You kind mm. of just settle for what you've had, don't you? Mm. And as much as he's improving as a player, realistically, look at the next season, you'd want somebody better than that, I think. If you're going to look for a first team a year. I think Allardyce will do. I agree. I think, I think he's done very well the last 
couple of months compared to how he was um, before Christmas. He's, he's certainly improved um, and something needed him to step up because Jones was having a, a bit of a mare um, in the f- few games before he lost his place. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think I think Allardyce will be looking for a right back. He's followed out of favour very quickly, John, doesn't he? It's almost like you forget he's at the club. Yeah, I think I think he needed he needed to come out. Um, he was a bit like Van Anholt was at the start of the season. He, there was just too many mistakes, um, and Yed, Yedlin got his chance and has taken it. Uh, yeah, there's nothing to deserve being no. dropped, has he? No. And on the other side, uh, Van Arnott, we, we give him a mention. I mean, it, it says a lot for him that what, when he when he changed people's opinions around slightly this season was when he was he was he was quite explosive, wasn't he? And he was mm. scoring mm. goals, and he he was suddenly it was very polarising to what he'd done before. I think it's good for him now, kind of to go unnoticed in some games because it means that's what good fullbacks do generally. Yeah. You, you don't always spot your fullback. He, do you? he had a poor first thirty minutes. He, he looked very. Nervy, and he was out caught out of position a couple of times. Got done for that one. Yeah, that Cabal nearly sent into his own mm. net as well. Did well for the third goal though. Burst yeah. forward quite well. Handled handled Redmond all you right. Try to when, take when he went right, and lost right. the ball. Or to be fair for that third yeah. goal. <laughs> you can do it when you're tearing a lot this in the ninety-first <laughs> minute, can't you? How do people see all relegation running? Are people confident or not? You can never be confident with Sunderland. No, I mean they've got they've given themselves the, the chance that they had to. Um, I just think Saturday was Norwich was make or break time. Um, they've handled that. They showed their character. They showed their determination um, to stay up. And as people have pointed out, Sunderland have got the best two centre halves. I think of the three teams down there. We're close, particularly closer yeah, out for Norwich. Far. And they've got the they've got the goal scorer in Jermaine Defoe. Thirteen. Let's, let's not forget thirteen goals for a team who's third bottom, who barely creates a chance. And who lobs far too many high balls up to him, and you come away with 13 goals. That's that's no mean feat. And it's interesting. Isn't it? it sounds very simplistic when all uh, the pundits and the experts are saying Sunderland still because of Defoe and Allardyce, and you think football's not that simple. But you kind of see you see the point a little we'd be, bit. We'd be saying the same thing if it was a different team. Yeah. If, if if Norwich had Defoe and Allardyce, I think we'd probably yeah. be saying the same thing about them, though, wouldn't we? But totally like you say, Chris. I think I don't think enough has made that we have the best centre halves as well. We've conceded only two goals in three games, mm. a couple of clean sheets as well. And you compare that to not keeping a clean sheet since November, then Corny and Cavill aren't off gelling at the right time. And you could argue we've got possibly the best two central midfield as well, especially yeah. in Kirchhoff. I mean, Gary O'Neill and Johnny Housen for Norwich and I don't know who started in, there for Newcastle the weekend. Callback and Neat there. And it was right there. And Callback and Sissoko were the three midfielders. Well, Sissoko was not exactly a centre midfield by trade, is he? It worked alright because the callback and Tiote just sat and covered for him and yeah. let him mm. get forward a little bit. Vinealdon was kind of shoved out to the wing. He was a bit anomalous, to be honest. I mean, in terms of like your traditional sort of like mm. centre, or, or especially like a deep line one like Kirchhoff. Again, like oh, that's it's just a spine that's looking competent and functioning yeah. it, it leaves, really it leaves, well. It leaves, it leaves about Newcastle. It leaves them a little bit open because although Sissoko did play well in some games, that might not work. They won't be able to do for that exam- against Man City. For example, when I've, I've suggested that Kasri could perhaps take that centre position, particularly now, what what more's fit? You could argue the same. Although you get a lot going back from Kasri, that's a difference. Yeah, you do. Yeah. He, work, he works hard. I, I just wouldn't change it at the present. Hmm. Um, I don't think there's any pressing need to. No, Graham Lawton has has tweeted in. I think he made a good point, so it was only fair to dig, him, dig the tweet up and reference him for it. Uh, Kirchkov played 11 games and Corner played 10 games this season. Neither of them have been booked. Really? Kirchhoff could have been Kirchhoff booked as well. Kirchhoff yeah. cleaned someone early on. But, he, um, he was a, but that's, that's, you know, I mean, what does that say? It says a lot about their positioning as well, especially with Corner. Positional sense. 
I mean, Corney and Cabal, I think they only made two tackles between them, and that probably just says everything about their position and their reading of the game. I think they won like 12 headers between them as well, mm. like in terms of like battling against Mbakani and Naismith. But they do, they do things like that so they don't have to make tackles and don't have to risk mm. getting buttons as well. Which I, th- I think Coney's been brilliant. They've needed a player like that for three years. Yeah. Not just his performance on the pitch, but his character and the way yeah, he's, he's into big, the club. he's strong, he's quick. He's just attitude of the wards of club as well, yeah. and the way he interacts with the fans and stuff. Because generally, we, we have some of these players and people like Gardner and stuff who've done. It. And I, you can't criticise him for it, oh, but, no. but you want them to be good on the pitch <laughs> yeah. first and foremost. And he ticks both boxes, doesn't he? Yeah. When he like goes on social media and says like the fans were louder than Beyonce and stuff like that, it's like <laughs> just a complete package of like an absolutely adorable footballer. <laughs> And this is a likeable side, and this is why we keep him both yeah. petrified that this side are going to get this relegated because we've been waiting for this for players who you, you can connect with. And you look at the Norwich side, and that's the kind of side we would stay up with as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, we convince ourselves of going down. No, no, we're not going to go out in a negative note. We can't do that. Was Kershaw's fitness looking looking better? I know he didn't last a full game, but he was de- in previous games. He's been dead in his feet after like fifteen. Yeah, minutes. he wasn't. Yeah, he didn't he look knackered. He just, no. I think, it was just. We're tuning up. Let's save fresh his legs. legs. Make sure he doesn't get an injury. On, but, he, but he wasn't like the lull wasn't so huge where mm. he like hit a wall after an hour. Because you've you've usually seen our our player drop off as well yeah. before he just before he's gone off, and you weren't really seeing that. You kind of worry about him stopping for preseason, don't you? You feel like he needs to just keep going. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Oh yeah. Don't yeah, give him a pre- holiday. No, don't love him. Needs to do like when Andy Reid stayed behind and like lost all that weight. Just had an intense pre-preseason. That's what he needs and then to he do. Played well for about three months, didn't he? Yeah, I'll take three months. <laughs> it's better than most players no, do. It's for not. Us. That's not enough. <laughs> this is our problem, Rory. We take we take these three six months, months then. Six months. And how Double long it. did he last when because Oshir Osh- Osh- came on and replaced him, didn't he? Last ten minutes. Yeah, it's about eighty-five minutes or so. Were there any concerns in the stands when Oshir came on? Because we've seen nothing against Oshir, but we've seen this substitution before backfire a little bit. Well, he played, he played defensive mid this time, rather than Did he not do that at Southampton? Yeah, he sort of dropped into, into the back three. Oh, did he? Oh, I, I think that. everyone was just was quite relaxed. We were two 0 up, and Norwich had sort of run out of puff by then. I think, yeah, by the time we got to eighty minutes, I was content to start G run their supporters and stuff like that, which I don't <laughs> like doing when when, when it's not that safe. But, ultimate but, mark. Of yeah, confidence. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't dare do it like just at one 0 but two 0 ten minutes left. And what were the claggers like in person? Dreadful. Were they? Yeah. I've never. I don't Dreadful. think I've ever experienced it. It was great to see them I've, when you see them Barini's penalty yes, from that yeah. angle, and they're all waving them, and then just mm-hmm. it goes in, and they all just stop and they disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, we found one outside the ground though and brought it home, which is quite good. Okay. Yeah. I, what was interesting as well, you mentioned that as well when um, when Barini scored, and then he went and done his knee slide in front of the Norwich fans, and you see all these Norwich fans start throwing yeah. the inflatable canaries onto the pitch. And it's probably the most least offensive thing you can throw onto the pitch. They're all canaries, scattered around the pitch after it's the like game back as in well. The, back in the 80s, people would be throwing like coins and mince pies <laughs> and, and stuff off a player. Great and, example of the generification yeah. <laughs> of football. And now you're getting uh, a canary, an inflatable canary blown up. Right, OK, Chris, I know you've got to get off. Anybody got anything else to add before we wrap things up? Just I'm happy and confident for once. It's nice to talk about a win. Did you know a win take a gloss off it for anybody? Nah. So they're going to worry about themselves. Yeah, exactly. Before you get the 30 year points, then. Yeah. yeah. Unless the goal beat Man City, then we all saw Pan again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but that's, that's still 24 hours away. Okay. Thanks for listening.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 